Welcome to episode 17 of the 24-Hour Hustle Show, and today I am super excited because we got WWE analyst Justin Labar. Welcome to the 24-Hour Hustle Show. I'm your host, Anthony Freeze, entrepreneur as well. And today we got special guest, Justin Labar. And for those who know me pretty well, they know that I'm a huge wrestling fan. So to be honest with you, to have you on, I'm really excited to talk wrestling. Um, it's something that I've always wanted to talk about on this show. And so to be able to have you on, I'm definitely excited to be able to have you here. So welcome. Thank you. I mean, we're talking about wrestling today? Oh, yeah. We're absolutely going to talk uh, some wrestling today. I don't know what about wrestling. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that a whole lot. I don't know. I might, might be a little rusty. Right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No problem. It. No problem. So, uh, you know, as we do on every episode, um, you know, so, so what's been going on the past couple of days? I know you've been, you're a busy man. you yeah. got a lot going on. So give us uh, your background and, you know, just what's been going on the past couple of days. Past couple of days, I mean, we are entering the busiest time in wrestling, the road to WrestleMania. It's mm -hmm. kind of um, like the playoff you know, equivalent to the playoffs for uh, you know other sports, so that's you know getting excited with that. You know, in terms of having there's so many things going on, they have the the you know the Raw 25 milestone show, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. So that's a you know I try to have events around them, uh, whether I'm attending them or whether I'm still here in Pittsburgh. And of course, you know from um, you know from the the podcasting standpoint, video and audio, from a writing standpoint. And then I have my other wonderful career that's also um, going on, which is I work with the with Trip Total Media here in Pittsburgh. I am. Uh, the general manager of the Trib Live High School Sports Network that the company acquired and, and created um, was previously the MSA Sports Network that happened this past fall. So I'm, you know, all responsible of all things uh, that. So it's it's been no <laughs> no boring days. Yeah, That's, yeah. But one of the things that I've been able to follow a lot is um, your video podcast, mm -hmm. which is Chair Shot Reality. Mm -hmm. I I love that. Uh, it's almost kind of like um, almost kind of like uh, what What Culture does, which I'm pretty sure you're familiar with. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm familiar with them. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I actually saw some of the story on that, uh, <laughs> but uh, and what happened? But you know, we we won't get into that unless you want to. Um, but uh, yeah, um, you know, tell us a little bit about that, and you know, how did you get started in that? Yeah, I mean, chair shot reality was the what put me on the map. Mm -hmm. Uh, the map being, you know, people who talk and cover um, about pro wrestling, specifically WWE. It was a case of. Um, you know, I, I knew I wanted to be involved with pro wrestling. You know, I ever since I was a kid, I mean, my grandfather dabbled in it with his um, buddies of his, helped promote and put on some spot shows down in the Maryland D.C. area when I was growing up. So I got a chance to see behind the scenes then. And we were, you know, driving George the Animal Steel and some of these, um, you know, famous older wrestlers. And it just, you know, as a kid, when it, when you get to see how the magic's done, or at mm -hmm. least a little glimpse of it, I mean, it it just it was a bug. There, there was no. I knew I knew I'd be I knew I'd be following wrestling for the rest of my life, and I always had the aspiration of okay, how can I apply whatever skills I have to maybe be involved in it in a in a career? And um, the opportunity came. Uh, WrestleZone.com, um, a, a wrestling website, they were looking to expand into more video content, and I got linked up with them. And um, this was in 2009, and they were looking for video content. And I said, you know, at the time, this is 09, there wasn't a lot of video podcast for wrestling you know mm -hmm. all, it was starting to increase with audio but there just wasn't anything like video much less anything that was being really well produced you might see somebody on a webcam or something and they're 
bedroom or something like that. But there really wasn't a whole lot of like well produced, mm. thought out, you know, pieces that I could find. And I thought, you know, maybe, and I have a, you know, I've just gotten my degree in television and broadcasting from Point Park University in Pittsburgh. So I had the, you know, know how of how to do multi camera edits and how to, you know, format a show. Mm -hmm. So I just started scribbling stuff on a piece of paper of, you know, ideas and it kind of, it's, it's, it's evolved as everything does. It's, um, you know, first I think, you know, kind of a sports center feel kind of was the initial, yeah. you know, maybe inspiration. And then it's, you know, then it's evolved in different ways. You know, there's been times where we've done some skits, almost SNL like, especially when we have wrestlers come in, we've done some funny skits with them, you uh -huh. know, kind of like, kind of like just fun commercials. Um, you know, some, I've heard some people refer to it as the, like the view for men. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. There's all kinds of. I mean, I guess you kind of just pull. You know, as as everything you as as you always do, you try to just pull from some of the best. You try to borrow from the best. Yeah. Um, and it's just evolved, and um, you know, it started in a basement. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. in a basement. My co-host uh, from the very beginning, uh, a guy that I made friends with in college, his name is Josh Eisenberg. We started in his. We started first in 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 the bachelor in the in the bachelor pad living room that I had at the time. Uh huh. Uh, with just some black curtains behind us, it was it was so bad. Uh, as I look back at it now, then we moved uh, for a good period of time, probably maybe you know, at least eighty episodes worth of, uh, which is which is eighty weekends basically, uh, to his parents' basement. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually built a green screen down there, and then we moved into another basement in a new place that I was now living. Uh, we we actually built the green screen even more. It was probably our nicest set out of the basement sets was that last one. <laughs> out of but the basement, was, yeah, out of the basement category. But it was, <laughs> it was it was I remember it was about 2012 and it was just starting to get really. I was having fun and I was also now at this point doing other things. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was writing at this time time for Bleacher Report now and I was just doing a lot of other things and it was it was getting taxing. I mean, as you know, it's a lot of work and I mean oh, I yeah. was I was it was me. I was editing a three camera show together. Putting the graphics in, you know, all all the work to it, you know, we didn't have a crew. It was it was me. Right. <laughs> so it was starting to wear, and I was starting to wonder, okay, like, it, uh, have we hit the peak? Like, I, I'd rather stop this and let people miss it than keep going and people stop watching. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, you know, I think the goal needs to be, I need to find, uh, I need to find a more formal, traditional studio to work out of, so mm -hmm. we can not only expand the job skills to other people, but you know, just to have a better look. If this thing's going to continue, mm -hmm. and if I want to continue it, um, and I really just turned to my alma mater, to Point Park University, and mm -hmm. I, I just went to them and I said, "Look, you know, uh, we have this show that that now at this point the show did well. It was doing well in terms of views from all around the world. You know, it had its own little reputation." I said, "You know, what if we brought this to the university, did it in your studios? Um, you get the promotion. We'll say that we're Point Park University, mm -hmm. um, and we get this nice new studio, and we get help." And it can be so we can apply it to a class, mm -hmm. you know, rather than students just doing things that are only being seen on campus and campus television. Let's give them something to where if they're directing, if they're actually switching the camera shots and loading the graphics, they can be they can be proud and say, "Wow, I got people from all over seeing this," and they can use it, of course, for you know a demo reel or a portfolio if they go out to the real world. And that's right. that's what's happened. It's been applied <laughs> uh, to a practicum class. We've had a great relationship with Point Park. There's two studios that we. Uh, use the the original studio that's in the university center and now the brand new uh, center for media innovation. Um, so we've used both studios. We've had we've been going since tw since the since January of 2013 mm -hmm. uh, that we started that semester and we've been there ever since. Even in the summer times, um, and we, we've had a lot of students that have gotten placed in the real world and they've used our show or me as references and and it's 
it really makes it feel like you know it was it wasn't it wasn't a devious pitch. It was actually it was a legitimate you know right. here's a pitch and it's worked out for both sides. Right. And I couldn't be happier. And again, being an alma mater, you know, being I mean an alum there and not being my alma mater, it's nice being around there. It's nice still seeing how things are growing. It makes me still feel part of the, Absolutely. Of the team. Absolutely. So. It's definitely come a long way. I mean, yeah. from the basement to where it is today, I mean, it's definitely inspiring. Um, it's something that I am excited to see where it goes even further. Um, and just hearing that story, I know it gives a lot of people, you know, who want to start, you know, their own video podcast or want to start their own show or want to get into broadcasting or whatever it may be, gives yeah. them a lot of hope. Um, I and wish I had this. <laughs> this, this is, your, I mean, your digs are nice. <laughs> yeah, this, so this is episode uh, 17. I mean, you know, for a place like Studio Me to be here, you know, thank God for them uh, for being there. I mean, in this to be available, I would be shooting it in my basement probably. Episode uh, seventeen. I was trying to make sure the basements weren't flooding and the, ca- <laughs> and the cables weren't getting wet. You know what I mean? Right. I was, I was trying to make sure nobody coming in and out of the house was a disturbance. You know? <laughs> we're like, whoa, 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 we were shooting here. But I mean, but that shows, but that shows your your dedication into getting yeah. it done and not letting anything stop you. I mean, and, and just in that story, I mean, we could definitely unpack a lot of things. I definitely want to talk about, you know. You know what may stop people from you know doing those type of things because some people may not want to start in a in a basement because it's not of higher quality or or uh, how to grow their following. There's not instant like gratification, that. and that's exactly. and that's the biggest thing, and it takes patience, and that's why you know 2012 I started to get to the end of my patience of like okay we've got the show to this point in terms of this level of viewership and this level of notoriety and this level of production. Do I have it in me to keep going at that rate? And, and I, I really was, I didn't. And so it was like, okay, we have to go to the next level if this is going to keep going. And mm-hmm. again, thankfully to Point Park and uh, every, you know, Josh and the crews and everybody, it did. Uh, but yeah, it takes patience, and that's right. the thing. You have to stick with it. You have to be consistent. You can't, you know, th- that was, you know, when we started Share Shot, we were not consistent. We started in the summer of, of, of 2009. Mm-hmm. We did a couple episodes, and <clears throat> we even fluctuated on the days that we did it during the week. Uh, and then that fall, I was uh, I was working with the Pittsburgh Trib still at that point. That was my first year with them, and I was uh, going to go on the road and be uh, at every Steeler game, home and away, doing video stuff. So I was like, all right, I don't know if I have the again, the, the time the time right yeah. now. And um, and again, Cherish I was only a couple episodes old, so it wasn't like it was anything. You know, we weren't getting paid for it yet. We right. weren't there. Were, there was no real gratification. There wasn't thousands of fans that needed right. to see it. So we took the fall off, and then. Right about as 2010 came up, you know, coming closer, you know, Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan were getting ready to go to TNA. Bret mm-hmm. Hart was coming back to WWE. It just felt like a lot of things were going on. Mm-hmm. Football season was done, and I was like, all right, I was like, if we're gonna do this, let's try, it. let's do it now. But look, we got to be consistent. We got to be every same days, same time, every week to train the audience, and um, that's what we did. And, and from January of 2010, you know, now we're approaching 400 episodes. That is awesome. I mean, that that's a major. Yeah. I mean, that's a goal that we want to get to as well. I mean, 400 episodes, that's that's a big deal. But I definitely want to talk about, you know, the instant gratification a little bit more and expand on that a lot more. Because I know people, when they want to start something, they, they want things to come quickly. But you, one of the biggest things people need to have is just patience. Yeah. Um, you know, even just doing this, I mean, what I would say as far as advice um, you know, don't pay attention so much to the views in the beginning. I mean, because they're going to be low. But if you're staying consistent and you're putting things out there consistently, which is another big part of you know getting that those views up and you know uh, a good amount of followers. If you're consistent with something, eventually people are going to be like, "This guy's taking it pretty seriously." Yeah. Uh, and especially even for you, I mean, with the episodes keep climbing up there like that, eventually people are going to be like, "Yeah, he's taking it seriously." Yeah, it, it takes it takes time to train them to, for them to start seeing the same thing every week. I mean, there's so much stuff out there today. Mm-hmm. I mean. Even when we started, there was not nearly as much. It's a it's a double edged sword. When we started, there was not as much competition, you know, in, in 09 and, tw- and, and 2010 as there is now. But there also wasn't 
the capabilities there are now with, I mean, being able to shoot things on your <coughs> phones with the, with the quality and having to be able to embed video into, into things like Twitter and Instagram, you know, the way the social media game has grown. Mm -hmm. So it's a double-edged sword. You know, I, look, I think back, I'm like, man, if we had some of the platforms that, have, that are really developed now, if we had them you know, eight years ago, that, you know, but you learn and, and, and yeah, you have to be consistent and you have to be consistent. People start finding you, you gain a little bit of reputation. Once you gain reputation, then all of a sudden you have a little bit of a, you have, you have an extra bullet to fire in your pitch of trying to get talent, um, you know, to come on. I mean, we were fortunate in our, our very number one episode because it was going on WrestleZone <coughs> at the time. Um, I was able to, you know, people at, the people at WrestleZone were able to help me and I got Rob Van Dam, a wrestler, a really well-known mm -hmm. wrestler, oh, yeah. to record it, we didn't see him. It was recorded on phone, but we put up, you know, a graphic of him when he was speaking. So that at least at least got us a little bit of a, of a out the gate attention. The first episode with Rob Van Dam. Yeah, so, that's a big deal. Because nobody knew who Josh or I were. So, yeah. <laughs> right. But that's awesome. I mean, to be able to get somebody like that on is is a big deal. So in the beginning stages, how were you even able to get people like that to come on to the show? How were you able to start to build up those relationships and get yourself? Known in the wrestling industry because we were on WrestleZone, that was the thing. You know, it had a, it was a big platform, so that was the selling point too. You know, I think our episode fifty, we had um, Jerry the King Lawler and McFoley on <coughs> again via audio. We didn't have them in studio yet. Right. Um, we had. I, I wasn't going to have guests in studio until we got out of the basement. Right. Right. Uh, which Completely we understandable. Which we eventually did. Yeah. Um, it, it. You know, WrestleZone helped. The platform helped because we weren't. You know, it. We we had that platform. It wasn't like we were just on our own personal blog. It was. An already established website, so that helped. Um, being consistent helped, um, you know. And then, and then, as I was doing chair shot, I, I started a branch to do other things, just again to expedite my learning and my, you know, my name getting out there. So you know, it all just kind of helps as time goes on. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning phases of starting up your video podcast, chair shot reality, what would you say is the biggest hurdle that you faced that you had to overcome? Because somebody that may be watching that want to start their own video podcast or maybe get do some wrestling related. What would you say was the initial challenges in the beginning, and and how did you overcome those? Um, I would say initial challenges were just the time to put it together. Mm. You know, after you record for, you know, after you set up everything yourself again, every camera, make sure every light's right. Figuring out what your backdrop's going to be, um, you know, and then you record for thirty minutes or an hour, however long it takes, and then it's and then like I said, you know, these are three cameras you got to sync up and edit and you know render them, and you know again, and that's the other thing, you know, as as, as your team here knows, you know, this was eight nine years ago, so video editing wasn't you know it's developed, oh yeah, you know, but it, you know the, the softwares and the systems have developed, so you know I would just say the manpower of getting it out, mm -hmm. you know, and then you know at first we would release a video each day over the weekend. And that was all on me. It was up to me to get it edited. It was up to me to get it uploaded. And then it was up to me to take the video and then put it on WrestleZone and write something about it or you mm -hmm. know transcribe quotes. It was, it was just a lot of work. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the biggest challenge. It's just um, just the workload of that. Um, you know, and I, I you know we overcame it. Like I said, eventually evolving out of the basement and having you know actual crew of students to help mm -hmm. um, and assign them things. Maybe this person does social media or whatever the case may be. So that helped. Um, no, so so building up a team or or just having you know students who maybe want to help an intern yeah. and uh, you know give a helping hand on it has definitely helped a lot. I know yeah. that's where you know we would even want to get to the point with this show. Um, we want to be able to have you know people come on and intern and take pictures and do behind the scenes yeah. and post stuff on social media and things like that um, because those things could take a lot of time and yeah. work and effort to be. You want to do, do it right. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Just, you know you want to do it right, but there's just only so many hours after a while. Right, know? right, just, absolutely, absolutely. 
Absolutely. So how would you say you grew your following? What was the biggest thing that helped you grow your following? And which big and which platform would you say helped do that the most? I can't really single out one platform. I think okay. it was definitely a combined effort. Um, you know, it helped that people were finding me literally almost everywhere, you know, between the videos on WrestleZone, then I was writing on WrestleZone as well, whether it be opinion or maybe reporting some news, breaking some news. You know, then I was writing over in Bleach Report, which was really gaining a lot of traction yeah. and, and growing, and they're still growing. <coughs> um, so that helped there. And then I also started doing a radio show out, out of, you know, through the Trib and through here in Pittsburgh. So yeah, that, there was another medium for people to find me. And then I started getting involved in independent wrestling. Um, you know, I kind of realized that there are there is so much competition out here. There's so many people that are talking about wrestling. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do to stand out? What's what's my gimmick going to be? Right. You know, and I thought there's not a lot of I'm not really seeing a lot of you know I'm seeing a lot of wrestling fans talking. But what if I can take it a step further? You know, um, you know I'm, I'm making contacts and starting to meet wrestlers, so you can pick the brains and get a little insight. But yeah. still, what if I can start to get involved? In wrestling shows, as a performer, as a as a producer, and you, that's the going to be the best way to learn. I'll mm -hmm. network even faster that way. So, you know, I started getting involved with um, with some independent wrestling organizations. The first one I got involved with was in Cleveland. It was called PWO Wrestling mm -hmm. um, when I, when I started in there, and I I got involved as a character, and um, and I, I got it. You know, I started to see firsthand, even though it wasn't on a WWE scale, but it's mm -hmm. still it was all, we were on. It's better than nothing. We were on Sports Time Ohio. It was yeah. on Direct TV, so mm -hmm. it was seen around the country. So I mean, there was a, a, a format for a show. There was a TV crew. So you, I started learning how they put a show together. Um, you know, you know, it's amazing. You can watch wrestling your entire life, as I did, and, and, and consider yourself pretty knowledgeable and, and paying attention to little things as a fan. And again, having seen some stuff as a kid around my grandfather, but you can have all that visual knowledge. It's no, there's no substitution for actually hands-on seeing mm -hmm. it. Right. It was a humbling experience because you know, and I was, I think I was very respectful and very appreciative to be there. But you can watch wrestling again your whole life. You don't really know as much as you think you know until, until you're in that situation. So I learned a lot from some great guys, and and uh, um, you know, I, you know. Did some physicality. I started learning how to. You know, I've had times where I started learning how to bump and fall and do things, and um, you know, when when needed for the situations, and uh, it, it built all the way to a great story that culminated in their. It's kind of like their WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. It was called uh, Resolution uh, at a pavilion with several thousand people outside in Cleveland in the nice. summer, nice. Uh, and it resulted in me being in the main event, being part of the main event match, the last match we're on high pay-per-view, uh -huh. and my hired gun, my bodyguard I brought in to help me take care of our issue was <laughs> Kevin Nash. Are you serious? So here I am, so <laughs> Kevin Nash. That's a huge. So Kevin, you know, I mean, it, it's crazy because growing up, the first pay-per-view I ever went to live was Survivor Series 95, and Nash made a event of that against Bret Hart. Um, I went to Starcade '98 in DC, where mm -hmm. Goldberg finally lost after his streak. Right. Lost to Kevin Nash in the main event. Went to uh, Great American Bash '99, maybe in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Kevin Nash in the main event. Kevin Nash main evented more things than I went to as a uh -huh. as a kid. And here I am walking down the aisle. My mom and dad and family are in the front row. Uh -huh. uh, here I am walking down the aisle with Kevin doing the two sweet, going to the ring. Yeah. Main event on pay per view after this, finishing a storyline that we literally built for ten months. Mm -hmm. You know that that was kind of like okay. Now I have something that I can show on CSR. Now I have something I can write about experiences and obvious clips here that I can now, as I'm talking about WWE or what have you. Now I have now I'm starting to get a whole different part of my brain of a different understanding of things. Still much more to learn, right. and I'm still learning today. Mm -hmm. But it was just it was a great insight to sit 
in a trailer with Kevin Nash and learn how this match is going to go and why it's going to go this way. And and then things, the, 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 the ring had a little malfunction before we went out there, so we're standing uh, behind the curtain. And there was a hardcore match that was just before us for the title, and um, and Kevin called an audible right there. And here I am, just trying to mem- just trying to make sure I know where I need to be. Yeah. And now he's calling the audible, and I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> You're like, we're going in like ten minutes. I'm like, yeah. I was just like, really? Yeah. <laughs> but it was Kevin Nash. Um, it was Kevin Nash and and a, and a guy based out of Erie named Aaron Draven up against the guy that I had been feuding with, this Marion Fontaine character, phenomenal uh-huh. entertainer. And his partner, he brought in to combat Kevin Nash, the guy we know now is Luke Harper. Wow. So that was the main event I was going into, and it was just like, okay, like uh-huh. you know, this is a whole, this is we're not in the basement. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's amazing how everything just you know from where you started and to to get to that yeah. point is amazing. Um, take us back to you know your childhood and what was it about wrestling that really did it for you to say you know this is what I want to do for my life. Just so colorful, man. It was just the characters. Just, uh, you know, my mom was a young mom, and she uh, she still does work for the with the police department. So she worked a lot of crazy hours. Mm-hmm. Um, still does, and you know, and I was a young <laughs> kid, and so uh, wrestling was my babysitter. It really was. You know, she would uh, get off work, and she'd take me to Toys R Us to get the wrestling figures in the ring. And she'd either let me rent the videos or I would start recording them on the VHS, you know, at home. And if she needed to take a nap because she's working 12-hour shifts, you know, four days in a row, um, you know, this this was my babysitter. My wrestling figures and the videos, it was just, it, it was the number one thing that made me happy, in ter- you know, in terms of, of an entertainment or of a toy. You know, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't want anything else. I didn't want board games. I didn't want... I didn't want GI Joes. I wanted my wrestling figures because right. I was just I just I just love the colorful characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've thought for years. I've tried to I've tried to dive into it more. Like what really is it? And I, it's just it was just something about just the the music and the and the, <coughs> and the, 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 the costumes and the, the you know the, the rivalries. It was just it was mm-hmm. you know some some kids get into Batman and Superman. I was just into the live theater of of these characters from a Hulk Hogan to this to this. Jake the Snake Roberts, who I love, but yet I'm st- petrified of snakes. But it's so, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just, mm. it just, it was just, the live theater was amazing to me. Right. I know for me, I I really love the storylines, and I know for me when I was young, like Monday Night Raw, me and my brother all the time, almost religiously would yeah. wrestle while Raw was yeah. happening. So it was just like growing up with that and seeing things happening and to be able to go to shows. Actually, one of the first shows that I went to was uh, when. Um, Oh, what pay-per-view was that? It was when uh, Mankind and Undertaker was in the Hell in a Cell match. King of the Ring 98. King of the Ring 98. And me and my brother went to go to that pay-per-view, and I was actually there yeah. to see that. And to be a part of that is just crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, to grow up with those type of things happening. and That's a hell of a first one to go to because yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that kind of sets a bar pretty high. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. Um, but, uh, you know, and then, you know, the attitude there, I was probably one of the best times in wrestling in my opinion for sure um you know it, at, at that time you know being a fan it was like it was cool to be a fan uh at that time you know and i, I re- and i remember when i was in um middle school you know after uh, monday night raw you know we would go to school and we would talk about it yeah. and be in the lunchroom and talking about if the you missed it if, if you had to go to bed early or you just missed it like you were right. by, you were behind the curb right thing. exactly it was like dude you didn't watch it last night it like, yeah, exactly so uh austin, austin drove a beer truck in <laughs> on the zamboni and yeah. stuff like that. It, it was crazy uh and then just like you i i, I would record auto pay-per-views on vhs i still got a ton of them on on vhs 
collecting Which dust. Which now right with now. the WWE Network, it's yeah, just like, oh, it's like, yeah, I know, right? this. It's like it's just collecting dust now. No right. one even uses VHS, but. Um, right. But yeah, it's great to even be able to have the WWE Network and just go back and just relive those childhood yeah. memories. So uh, it's definitely awesome. Um, so as as far as you know, being into being uh, the character and stuff like that, uh, or somebody that maybe wants to be a wrestler um, that may be watching, what are some insight or tips that maybe you can give for somebody, or if they just want to be a character, what are some insight that you can maybe shed on that? You mean like a character like like working in the independent scene yeah. or wrestling? Well, you know, be very mindful of, of who you get involved with. You know, don't there's um you know, just like just like anything obviously these days, social media, podcasting, whatever, there's so much out there and there's so many people saying, Oh, I'm legitimate. You know, really do do your research on, on what independent organizations you try to seek out to get involved with. Obviously wrestling schools you know, mainly if, if that's how it's usually where it starts. Um, you know, I had an unusual path, but you know, wrestling schools is where it starts. You want to find a good, um, you know, I, I work with IWC Wrestling here in Pittsburgh, um, and they have a tremendous school. Um, they, they, it's, it's the IWC has been IWC was where Elias, WWE superstar Elias, started. Mm. Um, it, it, you know, DJZ. Um, there's been a lot of guys that have come through there. You know, so you want to find a good place, a good, good people around you. You want to find good people that are going to teach you and and to be around and and what have you. Um, you know, my my that that year that I told you, that year that I told you about in Cleveland that <clears throat> that led up to with Kevin Nash, you know, I did a couple more years with them until the company went away, and I was a good guy the whole time, mm -hmm. despite the fact that after that first year, the, most of the crowd didn't want to cheer me. I was just I was the obnoxious, I was I was an obnoxious good guy authority figure. You know, nobody really wanted so you're just a baby you know, face. You know, and, and I, I couldn't you know I couldn't I couldn't stand up for myself. I couldn't go hit or you know like it, so it was just it was a I wasn't real well liked. It's almost like you know the, the fans wanted me to be. They wanted me to turn. It just never happened. And then mm -hmm. you know I started working with IWC, and I've I've never been liked there on purpose. <laughs> and it's great because it literally takes, you know, I have I, I, anybody that watches or follows my stuff. I'm appreciative. Mm -hmm. If you don't like me or you don't agree with me, whatever. But I appreciate anybody following mm -hmm. and, and, and paying attention. And there's obviously an outspoken. There's, as everything is, but especially in wrestling, there's always an outspoken portion of the audience. And yeah. I get people that, Labar, you don't know what you're talking about. Labar, you're stupid. Labar, you're, you're, you're cocky and arrogant. Like, whatever. Whatever the whatever their problem is with me. Yeah. So it was like, when I went to IWC in Pittsburgh, I was like, let's just take this. Let's take the internet fodder or whatever, whatever anybody thinks negatively of me or mm -hmm. thinks that they know of me. And use that heat. And let, you know, if I... Let, let me go on there and, and, and be obnoxious. Let me tell them why they are wrong and why I'm going to give them the reality check. Let me tell them about all the wrestlers I know. Let me name drop. Let me let me do everything that they might complain about, and I'm going to amp it up as loud as I can be. Mm -hmm. I'm going to wear white shoes. I'm going to wear a leather jacket that has my name, a check mark, and my verified check from yes, Twitter. On. <laughs> let me do anything that is just the most obnoxious thing possible. Uh, That's And it's it's so simple. So for me, it was, it was simple because I just pulled from... Uh, maybe an already existing thought yeah, yeah. from some people, uh -huh. uh, you know. So that's I guess I guess the same advice can be given to anybody, and that's kind of what I've learned from other other people, especially characters way more successful than me. Is mm -hmm. you just pull something, you just pull, you know, pull from whatever your real interests are, your real things are. You know, right. what I mean, I could take Elias. Elias is a good guitar player in real life. He likes to play guitar. Yeah. So that's that's turned into it, part of his deal. Right. You know, and we could go through a million other guys. Um, 
So you just just don't don't try to completely be something you're not. Right. You know, pull from what you know. Right. So I, you, I knew how to run my mouth. <laughs> so which do you like better? You, you kind of almost remind me of like a Paul Heyman. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> and uh, as far as doing, I've told it. Paul that he disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he might or would. But um, so which do you like better, being a, a heel or a baby face? Oh, heel. Heel's yeah. much more fun. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, it's again it, it, when you're in my position. You know, I mean, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm not as big as you know. I'm not. I'm and I'm not fully trained of a wrestler. You know, again, right. I've done stuff and I know some things of what to do to protect myself. But I'm not. I can't go out and put on a 20 minute match. Uh-huh. I'm not the size they are. I don't. So, I, you know, I can't. To be a babyface, I can't stand up for myself. I don't have that heroic nature in me. Yeah. So it's just much easier to be the antagonist and yeah. push and push and push. <laughs> and then eventually they grab me and they beat me up. And that's just easier. Yeah. I'll push and push and push for a lot of months, get the crowd riled up, uh-huh. keep them coming back, waiting for me to finally get caught. And uh-huh. then you know, that's 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 what I'm meant to do. That's I, 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 <laughs> Plus, plus I feel like the audience just like the heels more anyway. And we're kind of in a very interesting time yeah. as far as heels and babyfaces goes. I mean, gone are the days of... There's no jer- cool heel factor with me, I can tell you that much. That would be cool. <laughs> There's but, no cool. Deal <laughs> but, they, they they genuinely just like to not like me. Uh huh. And it, it seems like it's uh, very hard to build a babyface gimmick in this day and age. Um, this you got to have a little bit more of an edge to you. I feel like yeah. uh, to be able to get over. Yeah. And it, I feel like it's it's very it's a very interesting time um, because you know what what are, what's your take on you know just you know the state of wrestling or just in or WWE in general. Uh, just the divide as far as characters go. There's been so much knowledge put out there that, and everybody has a voice that with social media that it's just become, <laughs> it's just become to a point where it, it's roles reversed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the great debate of, you know, they should have turned John Cena heel. They should turn Roman Reigns heel. And it's like, well, if you turn them heel, then the people that don't like them will like them, and the people that like them won't. It'll it's just, just you know, yeah, it really, it's still gonna be fifty-fifty. There's just so much, there's so much exposure out there anymore, and and, and people who think, and some of them actually do, and then some of them don't, who think they know how this works and what gets over, and it, it, and everybody puts a voice out there. I do think that the voices that we hear on social media, especially the heavy critics, I do think that that population is not as big as it sounds. I think they scream from the top of roofs. I think they're very dedicated uh, in giving their opinion of, 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 you know, liking the heels, not liking the faces. But I don't know if it's as widespread as it might sound. I still think there are people that just don't just don't take to social media the same way, mm-hmm. that still do like the traditional good guy, bad guy, or still follow <clears throat> the rules. We just don't hear from them. Right. They, they don't overanalyze things. Right. Um, you know, and that's not to say that things aren't changing. I mean, things have definitely changed. There's definitely yeah. a, it's definitely a different way to get over these days. Fans are smarter in the sense of yeah, they've seen more, um, so it's harder to, to shock them. You know, so mm-hmm. it does take different approaches. But I also think that there's times where performers even – get too wrapped up in trying to like outsmart them or work them or mm-hmm. I'm gonna swerve them here, swerve them. I think sometimes if you just boil it down and go back to basics, mm-hmm. I think sometimes that there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and there's no pr- and it, it depends on where you are. You know, the, the WWE mm-hmm. crowd is different from a Ring of Honor crowd, which is different from a New Japan yeah. crowd. So, you know, so it it depends on who you're you know, who you're having to cater to and who you're having to try to um, get to cheer or mm-hmm. dislike you where you're at. Right. I mean even in IWC we have different venues that we go to throughout the region and different different cities depending on where we are mm-hmm. garners different fan types of fans right. you know there's some towns we go to that are a little more rural and, and it's kind of um 
You can kind of do the, tr the <coughs> traditional stuff. Uh -huh. and we kind of call them like a southern audience in a way. Like they, you can just do a lot of just traditional bad guy, good guy stuff. But then there's other s towns where they're just smarter, more more invested fans who know more, read more, what have you. So you mm -hmm. got to do some different things to because there are going to be harsher critics. Right. I, like I said, I feel like it's definitely an interesting time because you mentioned like a, a New Japan or a Ring of Honor. Those are starting to gain more popularity because people in, who are fans of wrestling, they want more. And uh, with the information being out there where you can watch shows on YouTube and things like that and be able to follow along, yeah. you can you can do that. And that's the thing. You have the you have the ability. I mean, you know, we hear back in the day, back when we were talking about VHS, you know, there used to be the tape trading days where the only way you were going to see something from around the world was find somebody else who had a tape of it and do some trading, do mail them a tape or whatever. Now, it's click instant, on a button. Right. It's there. Exactly. It's there. I feel like social media has definitely uh, changed up the game, uh, which is why they you know, they do everything with the WWE Network and they ha try to build up their uh, social media and things like that. Um, I feel like one, I feel like it got to, a, I feel like we're in like, I think um, Triple H has said this before, we're in the reality era. Yeah. Um, where, you know, people are able to see stuff on social media and, and actually see people out of character. Uh, and I feel like, I feel like what I want to see more is just a little bit more of that transparency between like what's real, what's fake. You know what I mean? I feel like when uh, CM Punk, which is one of my favorite wrestlers, whenever he did the pipe bomb in Las Vegas, yeah. when he when the transparency was like, is he really? Is this like legit? Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's really leaving. Like yeah. this is for real. I feel like if the storylines were more merged with like what's really happening. That is where I feel like that's what I want to see more. I feel like fans would want to see more of that too. And I think there's something to be said for that. I think that that uh, I think to some degree they should, they need to work more off a of reality base. And I think you even see it sometimes. We're seeing a lot more chatter amongst performers on Twitter to each other, uh -huh. whether it's scripted or not. And uh -huh. sometimes when it's not, it gets them in trouble. But you know, I, <laughs> I think uh, I think there's something to be said for that. I think, but you also have to be careful how far you go because then it's right. You know, where's then it becomes where's the the difference and distinction? But you know, I, you're right. He calls it the reality era. Um, that always pops me because I have a you know chair shot reality. The audio podcast is wrestling reality. Uh -huh. Reality checks kind of like my tagline. Yeah, so it's all about the reality. Waiting for a royalty check that's not coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it, it's yeah. You you should pull off of you know I I've said this many times. This goes back to a lot of storylines. Storylines that pull from real life when it is um, art imitating real life. Mm -hmm. It always connects to people. We, we've seen it throughout time um, yeah. when you can when you can pull from real things whether it's Back to Sergeant Slaughter days of you know being an Iraqi sympathizer when yeah. there's a war going on, to you know Matt Hardy and Edge had a feud and we yeah. know that there was personal stuff there and um, you know any time you know Brett and Sean oh my God Brett yeah. and Sean you know so when people know it certainly make it makes it a lot easier to just be invested in for sure exactly like or when uh, but you have to watch to what dis extent. Like how far are you pushing? Yeah, when when do, when do we completely erase these people having any personal lives at all? Right. You know, and and, and when, when does it all become for show? And that, mm -hmm. That's a dangerous thing. Yeah, I feel like that's, and that's what I would just like to see more, just a little bit more of the reality or more, and just incorporating that a little bit more. It just it just piques the interest a little bit more. And, and like you said, it feels like you have a, a stronger connection to yeah. the performers and what's going on. So, uh, what, so... Another question I want to ask you: What's one of the biggest misconceptions on wrestling that uh, you feel like you debunk on a daily basis? Or oh my, well, I, I can't stand the F word as anybody can. <laughs> you, you, I mean, fake is just the most. Um, I, I think the yeah, I mean, the, the debunking is obviously the uh, the fake stuff. No, the yeah. stuff that makes money. Yeah, um, that's my response usually. You know, I mean, obviously, again, you know, most all fans know it, but again, you get a little bit more experience when you're 
actually in a ring uh, as I have that you know it's not fake. I mean, you can try to choreograph and plan things and, mm -hmm. and protect each other, but you know, um, I've been hit with a steel chair. Yeah, you know, it I've, hurts. I've, I've I've been hit with a kendo stick by the Sandman. Yeah, uh, you know, it, I mean, you feel something. You can try to be protected so it's not as bad as it should be. Um, you know, my favorite thing, I'll, my phrase that I'll always describe to people is. Pro wrestling is not as real as it can be, but it's not as fake as it can be. Mm. And that kind of sums it up. Um, mm. You know that. You know you debunk always the, well, it's just for, you know, I don't know, rednecks, or it's just for, I, I, whatever people think wrestling is just for. Wrestling sets a lot of trends. Yeah. People don't. You know, people that don't want to give that credit. It, wrestling is a. Has got a, has had a huge impact on pop culture for 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 thirty plus years. Mm. Um, yeah, sir. There are times when you're watching Monday Night Raw, where you're watching <laughs> something pretty ridiculous, and you're like, I hope nobody walks in the room now because <laughs> they're not going to understand with this. I, I hope my wife does not walk in and go, What do you want? Right. You know, but there are times, of course, it, it's it's its own niche. But for the but by and large, I mean, you know. L l the Rock is one of the leading men in Hollywood. Yeah, produced out of out of uh, out of WWE, created in WWE. John mm -hmm. Cena, obviously, right now. Mm -hmm. Going back to the Hulk Hogan, the Roddy Pipers, Andre the Giants. They create such because, you know, in Hollywood, you, Hollywood strives to create characters nonstop for movies or TV shows. Mm -hmm. But they have this strict rule: you're the character, and then as soon as we say cut, you're back to being you. Right. And WWE, as we just talked about, with, especially in this reality era anymore, they live they, that. Right. They they. You know, the Rock walks around as The Rock. Right. John Cena is John Cena. Stone Cold Steve Austin is Stone. I mean, like, there's just so much. It, 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 they are, they, it, there's no reruns. It's live every week. Nobody else is doing that. Right. Saturday Night Live has been live for whatever forty years. They take an off season. They do it for one hour a week, mm -hmm. and, and they take an off season. WWE puts out five to six hours of content at minimum every single week, and it's live. Mm -hmm. And that creates its own problems at times, sure, from a creative standpoint. But but that that right there. Pro wrestling, I mean, pro wrestling has been an inspiration to so many athletes, whether it's their poses, their dance, whether it's their dress, anything. I mean, it's, it's, you, people don't have to like pro wrestling and people don't have to necessarily understand it, but to completely dismiss it as nothing but a cesspool for steroids and half naked men and rednecks and, and people that never grew up, it's just ignorance. Right. You know? Yeah. And, people, and, and, Come, come, step in a ring. We'll, 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 we'll. <laughs> See let, me in the me, ring. Let's, let's let, let me let me. You bring your buddies. I'll bring a few of my buddies. We'll have them show you something. We'll right. We'll see if you're uttering the word fake. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, exactly. You know? Yeah. Totally. I, I I feel you. I mean, I've I've done the same thing. I, I remember when I was actually uh, going to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. One of my um, projects that I decided to do was on the WWE, and uh, that was one of the things that people were always telling me, like, "Oh, isn't that fake? Or why are you into that? Or aren't they in steroids?" And I'm like. You just don't understand. <laughs> it's like we'll be here all day trying to me trying to so explain this. But it's a publicly traded company that, I mean, they they have their hand in movies. Mm -hmm. They're just so. I mean, they're just they're they're. I mean, uh, Robert Morris University here in Pittsburgh is now is doing a class, in this current semester, about WWE and the economics and the business of it. I mean, you know, I mean, it's 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 a real thing. Yeah, you know, it's a it, you know people are making their livings talking about wrestling. People, mm -hmm. you know, it's 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 no different than being. It's no different than being a Hollywood critic. I mean, it's no different than being a, a movie critic who goes and watches movies and, and writes critiques. It's no different than being a critic for TV. It's 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 what I do is that same thing. Mm -hmm. It's a little trickier because we. It's a little trickier because WWE is very much more of a Hollywood show, mm -hmm. but we cover it 
like we would cover the Steelers. We cover mm-hmm. like we cover like the sport. sports in it, and and mm-hmm. yeah, we cover like a sport, and it's not the same. You know, in sports, you know, with the NFL and the different leagues, they have requirements of, you know, the players have to talk to the media this amount of time, and the coaches, and and while WWE is becoming more accessible, and, and they're doing, you know, we do a conference call with Triple H several times a year. While they are doing things like that more and more, which is good, and they're opening up a line of communication, you know, it's still they, they you know. There's still scripts that need protected. There's still secrets they want protected. They want mm-hmm. to, you know, just as a TV show or movie wants to protect the script. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it, it's it's there's a it's a weird thing to cover. It's there's nothing else like it for sure. I mean, right. It's, it's got its own blend of of sports and entertainment. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the one of the biggest events that is about to come up, which is the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um. Um. Where are some uh, big predictions that you may see as far as like one of the big things that's happening this year, first time ever. Women's Royal Rumble, which I'm excited about yeah. because it's the first time ever. Um, what's uh, your predictions on who's maybe going to be the first woman to come out, first two women to come out for the Women's Royal Rumble? Because this is going to be a big deal. I mean, you got to make it impactful. Who should first who should it be? Two, first two. Uh, I'll tell you, one of them should be Oscar. Oscar, okay. You know, she's been you know, she's never been beaten in her career from NXT to to w, her WWE career. I should say from NXT and then now <coughs> to Raw. So I think. Whether she wins or not, it makes sense to put her as one of the first two in there because this way she can at least go. Th- she can either go for a long period of going through a lot of people, and then oh, came so came so short and gets mm-hmm. eliminated, um, which still doesn't tarnish her record. Yeah. Or she goes through and she survives from one to thirty, and mm-hmm. that that cements even more the fact that she's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say I would put her as one of the first two. Okay. And what about the other one? The men. No, no. no as far uh, as the woman. Uh, yeah. Um. Alicia Fox. I like, I like Foxy. I say Foxy. <laughs> Going Foxy. Going Foxy. Um, one of the ones that I, um, I I think I may be interested in seeing come out first would be Bailey, only because she has like this you know babyface gimmick, and to see somebody like her start at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then if someone and if she were to go long and maybe towards the end, uh, kind of yeah. like the same scenario with Oscar, yeah. it'll kind of be like, man, she's still fighting to get to the top. I would agree with you. I mean, it's a very 1996 Shawn Michaels esque, but. I think Bailey's just fallen off in terms she of uh, and the, the the connection with the audience. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure what the answer is, but I, I so I think if things were different, I'd agree with you. But I think right now you go through Hot Hand and Oscar. Yeah, I've, and I feel that too. I mean, I've, her character needs to needs needs some tweaking, um, and I, I don't know what it is exactly. The the maybe the baby will help her connect a little bit more, but the connection is definitely off. She's always too happy. Yeah, like, yeah. I like Bailey, but I think yeah. it's like I like Bailey too. I, I mean, she had one of the best matches with Sasha Banks in uh, NXT. Yeah, I, I was I was there for um, I was there for one of them for the for the for the Iron Woman match. It, I mean, she's a great performer, but it's like it gets to a point to where I, I sometimes I need to see a little fire. I need to see a little fear. I need to know that like you can be somebody can push you and you're going to push back. Right. I sometimes feel like it's like oh shucks, I'm just Bailey who's been a fan all my right. life. You, you know? know what? What I think may help. Uh, and what was helping her in NXT is she always had good, good heels to face to kind of you know put her against like a Sasha Banks or or a, a Charlotte to be able to you know kind of like a Batman Joker like you need yeah. you need a yin to your gang you know what I mean well and also you know when when Bailey was in NXT you know you're also dealing with a different situation there. you're yeah. dealing with a smaller crowd you're dealing with a much more um, it's almost like a cult crowd I mean they're 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 a very very diehard crowd, and it's usually a lot of the same fans because they're filming a, a lot of TV in the same location in Florida. So you kind of get them behind you with the hugging thing and, and, <laughs> the, and the gimmick. Whereas you know she goes to these big ten, fifteen thousand person arenas, different mix. 
you might have your some diehards here, but then you got this whole section of people who are very casual, who maybe they just won tickets off the radio, mm-hmm. and they don't understand this this girl who's hugging everybody, and right. she's supposed to be like getting ready to fight, you know. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's just it, it. And then we've seen that with other people that the move from NXT to Raw or SmackDown, it's a different situation. Yeah, it's a it, different. It definitely does change a lot for. Uh, I mean, not for everyone, but for for the majority of people that come from NXT and then get onto the main roster. And there's it some. Changes. And there's some guys who or girls who <clears throat> you know did. Okay in NXT, and th- have, th- have just done better. Done better, you know. I mean, I, I, again, I'll go back to Elias. I think yeah, Elias, I was gonna say. you know, Elias, he never was world. He was never champ, world champion in NXT. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a, a he had a, a good NXT run, but then he, you know, they kind of slow burned him on the main roster. He's walking around playing guitar. Yeah. They really slow burned him in a match, and now because he has a bigger arena, because he has different cities, he can attack them with his songs every single week. Where if he's in the same city. In front of the same 500 fans every week for NXT, he couldn't do that same thing. So Very true. it just depends. Yeah, and I like Elias. I, I, I love his gimmick. Um, what about some big pops that'll happen in the Women's Royal Rumble? As far as like, because um, they're a little bit short as far as filling all the slots. So you know, there are some predictions yeah. that some legends are going to come back. Probably you know your Trish and leaders are going to come back. But what are some off the wall that we may not be thinking of right now that you think we may see? Uh, yeah, because I mean, let the ladies aglow. Let the ladies from the Netflix series Glow have one or two of them make a cameo. Really? Yeah, why not? Because, you know, Glow was so successful in its first season on, on Netflix. If, if people haven't watched it, I encourage. Um, it was so successful. They're doing a season two. WWE has seems to have been supportive of it. They were, the girls of Glow were at a red carpet event with WWE some months ago. So, like, it's not like something that WWE is not acknowledging. Mm-hmm. One of the Glow performers is the performer who performed as Awesome Kong and as Karma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karma and WWE. So... Um, I, I think maybe have a glow perform. Maybe have one or two glow. That'd characters. be interesting. You know, why not? Especially if it if it you know if it it's a good crossover appeal. Because you know when you do that, you're gonna get you're gonna get more of the mainstream is gonna pick that up. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. Um, and then so what about uh, the men now? Um, what are some? Uh, who do you think will be the the first one to come out for the men? Or actually, hold up. Let's go back. Who do you think will win the women's Royal Rumble? Mm. It's hard. It's yeah. hard not to pick Oscar right now. I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a big Oscar fan, a big yeah. supporter, and it's hard to hard to not. Yeah. You know, it, it's just like the men. There's obviously two world title belts, two brands, so it still leaves a gap on one show or another. But I, I if I'm if I'm gonna put my chips on somebody, I put them on Oscar. Yeah, and I, I, I'm a big fan of Oscar too. I, I love her 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 style. I love her charismatic uh, persona. Um, she's got she's got it going right now. Yeah. Um, and seeing her win because she's got the whole you know she's never lost thing and. Um, you got Alexa Bliss as the women's champion right now. Um, they've been having like some little things here and there, and to be able to see that maybe to come together at WrestleMania would yeah. be huge. Um, Oscar's just very believable. Mm-hmm. You know, when she kicks you or hits you, it looks like it hurts because it does yeah, hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, yeah, she, she's not playing around. I wouldn't want to get kicked by her. I'll line a couple of the people that are quoting fake up. I don't know if they're men. I'll say, let her, let her. Give her 30 seconds in the ring with you. Yeah, yeah. Cry fake. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think of um, Ronda Rousey being in the Royal Rumble? You I don't think know that's if gonna we'll happen? see... Ra- we, were gonna, we are going to see Ronda Rousey soon. I don't know if it's in the Rumble match, but um, I definitely think we will see Ronda Rousey. I think a mixed tag match at Mania. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to put her in a singles match that quickly on that big of a stage. Mm-hmm. Just because... I mean, she, she only has so much experience of her training she's been doing, so putting her in a singles match might be throwing her in the deep end of the pool mm-hmm. in a very unforgiving situation. I mean, because if, if she did bad, not saying she would, but if she did bad, it's hard to overcome that. Right. It's hard, you can't unsee what happened at WrestleMania. So I think putting her in a mixed tag where you can, um, 
you know, protect her and, and really spice up the, uh, I don't know, maybe a, maybe a Ronda Rousey and Braun Strowman versus uh, Stephanie and Triple H. You know, I can, <laughs> yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then, uh, so, and then for the men, who do you think is going to be the first one to come out to start off the Royal Rumble? Um, these are always hard. Mm -hmm. The first ones. Um, <laughs> keep the theme. Elias starts playing guitar okay. to start so he can do his spiel <laughs> uh -huh. and be entrant number one. We'll go with Elias. Okay. And who? And what are some man? He, I'm giving him a yeah. You're giving like, him a nice little like, plug. Come, I know if he's, he's a, watching this right he's now. A local Elias. Guy. It's like, yeah, he it's, is. It's like the, it's the infomercial for him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, I like Elias. I mean, he should get a big. But it would push. make sense for him to be number one or two because we don't normally see him have an entrance from the the. You know, we always see him in the ring first. So I think that'd be a great way to start. That would be. Just have the lights come on and he's just sitting in the ring. Yeah, he draws number one backstage. We know that he's number one. That'd be awesome. And uh, what about maybe some big pops? Because uh, I've heard maybe some rumors that there may be people, maybe somebody from TNA maybe mm. coming in and uh, maybe some other promotions that may be yeah. in the Royal Rumble. Um, any of those um, coming to mind to you? Um, I don't think we should count out seeing Chris Jericho. Really? Oh, yeah. And, and I've Chris heard Jer he, yeah, Chris he's, he's coming back. He's got a key to every, you know, he, he can, Chris Jericho's kind of like Tommy Dreamer. He can, he can sh simultaneously, he manages to be friends with everybody. He can show up at this location, this uh -huh. location. Because he so. was just in New Japan and wrestling, right. uh, what's his name? Kenny Omega. Kenny so Omega. I, I wouldn't count Jericho out. And, 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 you know, normally a Jericho coming out wouldn't be as big of a pop. You know, we've seen Jericho so often and he comes back so often. But under the circumstances, it'll kind of be like, oh, yeah. here he is. Yeah. I can see him. You know, there's been talk of Bobby Lashley. I don't put that. Um, you know, I, I could see that happening. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Who do you think uh, should win the Royal Rumble? For the men, should it be should or will will or uh, yeah? So uh, one of the things that, that I've been kind of thinking, like I feel like somebody from SmackDown should win it, because SmackDown is kind of dragging along and I, they need something. I'm con to, I'm fully convinced that SmackDown. I don't think somebody from SmackDown will win it. I, I think that, I'm, yeah, I'm, it's what I want to happen, yeah. but I don't think it may happen. Yeah, um, I mean, it's hard to bet against Roman Reigns in terms of will. Um, it's hard to bet against him. You know, I'm, I'm a big Braun fan. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't see Braun walking out with the title. Yeah, it, I mean, they, they want to keep that mystique with him going. Yeah, you know, it, uh, I personally, I thought Braun should have won the title back in September. I thought he should have beat Braun yeah, there. But, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, it's hard, again, it's hard to deviate away from Roman. It's hard for because I, and I know pretty much almost any other scenario, it just seems like it's not, you know, John Cena's around. You can always say, "Okay, maybe John Cena." Yeah, I heard that he may. You know, but, there's maybe a possibility that he may win it. But uh, you know, it's hard to go away from Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. And again, they're going to be in Philadelphia, where he has a, a Rumble history, and I feel like they're just going to poke and prod at the audience with that one. Okay, so Roman Reigns <laughs> will go with yeah. that. To be honest with me, I, I it is it is tough to figure out who is going to take it in, in the men. Um, uh, there's just, I, I, and I feel like maybe. If they did like a uh, one that you may not be seeing coming, like you know, every now and then they they throw one in there that you didn't see coming, like a Sheamus or yeah. Alberto Del Rio or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know like who it could be. This one is challenging this year. I, I feel like to your point, I feel like it may be Roman Reigns because they just push that guy so much. Uh, but um, well, it starts just to become a matter of pieces. You start to look at Mania and you go, you look at WrestleMania and you go, okay, well, if Brock's still gonna be the champion. Who is he? You know, you just start doing, you know, okay, Cena over here, Undertaker over here. You mm -hmm. know, you just start trying to piece it together. You know, that's why I said maybe Braun, if, if Braun doesn't win the title, 
uh, f at Rumble, and if he doesn't re-enter the Rumble match and win the Rumble match, then it's like, okay, he needs a big Mania match. Yeah. So that's when I start thinking, okay, what other big Mania match could he have? If it's not in the title, if he's not fighting Undertaker, you know, that's what you think. Okay, maybe, maybe him and a Rousey in a mixed hat. You know, you start trying to think what, because, you know, Braun's got to have a big match too. you got to mm -hmm. figure out where you put all these people. So, mm -hmm. so. It's definitely interesting. I, I'm definitely looking forward to the, the Royal Rumble coming up and then uh, WrestleMania coming up uh, as well. So for yourself, um, in the next couple of years, next two to five years, where do you, where do you see yourself going? What's, the, like, the big goal of yours? Um, big goal? Continue increasing the viewership of everything I do. With wrestling, um, on the, and then and then you know, I'm, and I'm very passionate too with the with the um, the job as general manager with the Triple F High School Sports Network. We have a lot of good goals we want to do in growing that and growing and owning that market here in Western PA with the, with the rights and things we have there. So uh, it, it's 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 not a real deep answer, but I just want to do as best as I can with what I got going. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I, obviously, I never you know, I'm always willing to you know, hopefully, new opportunities with the wrestling come about. You know, maybe you know <coughs> the opportunity to guest host this or do that you know I've I've loved when I've got to do, go on NBC Sports and things in the past to talk about Wrestlemania or SummerSlam you know in New York City um, you know so I, I just it's one of those things where I don't I, I, I know my goal was always the same to do better this year than I did last year that's always the same I don't necessarily get too hung up in mapping out each month because I just know better that the things just you know if I work hard it'll it'll come together you know yeah. what I mean it's just um, but I always, you know, it's all, it is always one of those things, always on New Year's Eve, I always do sit for a moment and reflect back, like, okay, what new things did I do this year? What accomplishments did I have that I'm really proud of? All right, can I top it next year? Yeah, I can top it. That's that's always my kind of thing. You know, it's just that. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, the goal is I have to be working for WWE here, or the goal mm -hmm. is I have to, um, you know, I have to take this Triple Live High School Sports Network to here, and then I'm going to go run... Fox Sports, you know, I, I don't, I don't get mm. that way. I just don't because I that that to me then starts to get in the territory of people who do this a whole lot mm -hmm. and it doesn't equal up. Right. You know, I don't like, to, I don't want to do all the talk. I'd rather just just be known to be working hard, and the results will do the talking. You know, it's just that's how I don't. I, 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 I you're probably the same. I, I can't. I, I get very, I get very short fused on people that just do all kinds of talk, all kinds of talk, all mm -hmm. kinds of talk, and and don't reflect any of the initiative to, to get that talk done. It's, it's, Absolutely. Just like, it's just like stop. Yeah, there's a point where the talking needs to stop and it's there's got to be more doing. Right, it's fine to be positive. It's fine to be to be positive and to be, you know, motivated. That's fine. But if I, if I don't see the initi initiative from you, you know, or, or if, 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 if every day you got the new greatest announcement, mm -hmm. like, no, like just, just work. Yeah. I'll... I'll, I'll I'll, we'll see it. Just, yeah. We'll see the results. Just yeah. work. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I, I, I am the same way. I actually just posted a video on this not too long ago as far as, you know, there, there comes a time where eventually you got to stop talking and you got to start working. Mm. Um, and uh, that's why, you know, you got to put in the work to be able to do it. Um, you know, it's fine to post quotes and things like that, but quotes don't work unless you right. do. So um, just in wrapping up, where would be the best place for people to be able to connect with you, subscribe to your channel? Get on your, uh, your newsletter and things like that. Uh, I mean, I'm very active on my Twitter account at Justin Labar. Uh, that's where it links to everything. You know, Chair Shot Reality. We're on Wrestling Inc. now. Uh, we we are no longer with WrestleZone. We're on WrestlingInc.com. Uh, every single weekend, you can binge watch on their YouTube channel. We also have smaller clips that go up on social media. Um, so you know, Wrestling Inc. Where Chair Shot Reality is. Um, uh, right column still uh, <coughs> for the Pittsburgh Trib. Well, you can find on TribLive.com, and and uh, I have my audio podcast to give a shout to that. Uh, Wrestling Reality, 
So for people that want audio a little bit longer form, mm -hmm. uh, every Wednesday I have a show, and you can find it on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, Google Play, everywhere. Um, and that's where I'm able to get more of my guests too. You know, mm -hmm. I have some more guests on there in the past. So um, yeah, that's. If, if you can't find me, you're really not looking. I'm, 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 <laughs> you're I'm, like I'm, I'm everywhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I try to. I try to be. If yeah. Not, if you don't, if you miss something, then I don't know where you're looking. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because you definitely have a lot of content out yeah. there, and it's something that I definitely admire and I aspire to get to as well. Thank you. To get to this platform. Thank you. Uh, to a lot of different places as well. So I definitely appreciate your time and yeah, you man. coming on to the show. Uh, I definitely am looking forward to maybe talking some more in the future and uh, you know coming up with more predictions and seeing Absolutely. how things play out in the future. So. Um, just in wrapping up, now that you know what Justin does with his 24 hours, I want to know what you do with your 24 hours. Definitely like, subscribe, turn on notifications, leave a comment below, and we will see you on the next episode.